Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Mike Brancatelli here. This is, of course, Mike Adelic. Thanks for checking out the show. Thanks for joining. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. And if you're new, thank you for checking us out. You picked a good episode to check out. This is one of my favorite conversations uh, with my good friend, Matt Zian, who is, you know, just like a modern day media magician, creative entrepreneur, auteur, uh, you know, seems like he's got his hands in everything. He's he's the founder and creative director of Time Wheel. Time Wheel is a record label, media platform, creative hub. He runs the DMT, the Spirit Molecule Facebook page. He's a musician. His uh, band is Something Fiction, and he's just a all around kind hearted, good intentioned, thoughtful, amazing human being, and. Uh, also involved with uh, Sheath Underwear. I believe he said he's the creative director for that. His brother's company, Sheath Underwear, which I've been hearing a lot about. And I've yet to be sheathed, but uh, I will be sheathed. Oh, I will be sheathed. And uh, yeah, check him out. So I, did, I just timing-wise, I wasn't able to get like an official uh, sponsorship or whatever. But uh, uh, I'm just giving them a shout-out. So I guess, Matt, if you're listening, any sales that from this point on, you could just attribute that all to to Mike Adelic. I I you know I, I guarantee that's probably what it is but uh <laughs> yeah check them out uh, they're very they're interesting they're unique and before I get into it just uh want to say a couple things uh love my friend Jason and his new podcast the universe within he was just the the guest on the last episode and I started listening to his podcast the universe within and uh, it's unlike anything else. You you just won't hear anything else quite like it. It's recorded from uh, an ayahuasca center in Peru on the grounds. Jason is an experienced ayahuasca facilitator, a tabacero, and he's on the grounds interviewing the facilitators, the healers, talking about uh, all the things that has come into his um, his his skill set, his uh, esoteric. Uh, wisdom and eclectic knowledge uh, accumulated through his experiences, his apprenticeships, his teaching, his work with plant medicines, his experience, you know, handling guests coming in uh, at the temple all the time. So if you're interested in ayahuasca, plant medicines, and those sorts of things, give it a listen. It's unlike anything you'll ever hear. The Universe Within podcast, delving into plants, plant medicine, consciousness, holistic health, wellness, and a myriad of related topics hosted by my good friend, Jason Grichanik. It's everywhere podcasts are found. And uh, the second thing I want to say is just uh, we're at 288 reviews on Apple Podcasts. Would really love it if you got us to 300. Do whatever you can. Takes two seconds. Just click five stars if you love the show. That would be great. Get us up to 300. You can write a review if you want. Uh, but uh, it would be nice to get to 300, and it really helps the show. It helps spread the message, spread these ideas, and get more exposure to the kinds of things that we're talking about in here. But uh, this is one of my favorite conversations because um, Matt and I just have a really great conversation that gets into everything, growing up, UFOs, magic, simulation theory, flow, mastery, ice baths, meditation, music, sound, vibration, nature, uh, just, uh, just a great chat, great chat with a great friend. And that's one of the things that I love the most. That's what I want to showcase more of on this show. That's what I love doing. You know, when I first started listening to podcasts back in 2012, around 2012, uh, 2013, those were the podcasts that I was drawn to. That was the style that I was drawn to because that's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to get in and have, you know, deep 
you know, maybe you could even call it like stoner thoughts or whatever, you know, but like, you know, stoner garage philosophy. But I was, uh, I was turned on to the Joe Rogan podcast. I didn't like Joe. I, someone told me that I reminded them of Joe Rogan and I said, Joe Rogan, you let fucking hack that tool, like that fear factor guy. I had no idea that he had a podcast. And I remember I was driving around in Austin, Texas. I was there on a work trip. And one of the guys said that to me. And I was like, really? Joe Rogan? And he's like, yeah, man. He talks about like DMT and stuff. And you ever hear that stuff, DMT? And I was like, no, I don't know. What the hell is that? And that just, that was my entry point. You know, that was my particular radio frequency within my reality tunnel wasn't reaching any other uh you know reality tunnel and this was this was the entry point was like this kind of buff gym guy who was like yeah you should check out Joe Rogan and I was like well okay then so an idiot like me who got turned on to some new ideas and then from there the rabbit hole went further into deeper areas of exploration. But I always like those conversations, as you've known uh, and heard me talk about with like Chris Ryan and Duncan Trussell and Daniele Bellelli, you know, all who have been on the show, except for Duncan, who uh, I'm creating a story in my head that he is snubbing me. Uh, he's too big. He's big time in me, that Trussell, you know. Uh, but uh, no, he's, he's uh, still one of my uh, heroes, inspirations, you know, p- person that I look to as as something that they're creating that's uh, worthy of aspiring to. And uh, yeah, anyway, it's just the the art of conversation. I just liked those free form. Hey, we don't know, you know, we're just exploring. We're just having a good conversation. I had a great conversation with my friends over dinner. You know, we have these uh, these dinner meetup uh, gatherings at my friend's place and and um, they're always great. We get a couple of a uh, couple drinks, a couple of joints, some good food. And just, you know, start riffing and, and talking about all kinds of things from the perspective that we have in our particular time and place encapsulated in this limited, you know, variety meat suit operating system that we inhabit and not worrying about, uh, you know, th- things that we don't know or if we said it right or, you know, qualifying things or caveats or you know fact check or whatever it's just we're just exploring we're just roaming around the open grounds of free exploration as three buddies who are just curious and want to explore deeper ideas and have fun that was always what turned me on and so uh, I want to showcase more of those conversations those are my favorite things to do that's why I like this conversation with Matt so much, and I hope you guys are going to enjoy it as well, too. So go check out Matt, all of his stuff. All the links are in the show description uh, after his bio and everything. And what we talked about, connect with Matt. Go to his website, timewheel.net, Facebook. Check it out, Instagram. Check out his band, Something Fiction. They're on Spotify. Uh, DMT, the Spirit Molecule page. They're always posting good content. Now, biz, nah, uh, is, uh, uh business. Really excited about this, actually. Uh, Charles Eisenstein has a new course that he's doing through a website. It's either Commune or Commune. I haven't decided yet. I, I haven't actually heard the pronunciation of it. And uh, But uh, onecommune.com or .org? Damn it. 
got to get that right. One onecommunion.com. Cool. But uh but I'm really thrilled about this because ever since I discovered Charles, I've been really inspired. He really uh knows how to embody communication and thought in a grounded uh foundational structure of compassion and 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 uh and what he would call a, a service to life. But really he he really has a lot of things that I admire, and one of those things is the compassionate view for the uninitiated, so to speak, or something. You know, it's so often. I was recently listening to a podcast that I did a solo cast, and I was cringing, man. I was cringing because, you know, I could tell that I just give up on the argument that I'm trying to make because I'm getting bored by it because I'm frustrated because it's like, oh man, how many times do I have to explain this stuff to you guys? You know, it's like. That's stupid. I don't want to do that anymore. And Charles um, is a, is a big inspiration for me, and he's one of the only people that I found that I really resonate with his fusing of the political and and the sacred and the you know a real true holistic approach. We live in such a compartmentalized world where it's like, well, this is the theater of politics and this is the arena of business and this is the little domain of spirituality and that's nice, but that stays over there. And you know, it's like Charles really fuses all these things together and he's able to articulate it and crystallize crystallize it in a way that I find to be personally very appealing and very inspiring. And so I am really excited to take his new course on political hope. Very, very excited about it. Um, you know, he, uh, he talks about how we need to create a new story that, you know, we want change. We want to see change in the world, but we can't, you know, I've talked about this on the show too. It's like, we can't achieve this through the existing political institutions or political tug of war over incremental policy changes while there's a infinite sea of possibility that surrounds everything. Like, how do we get beyond the, the being polarized and stuck in a repetitive cycle where real change never happens? But Charles uh, says that real change is possible and that we need to talk about what neither side will say. That is so, that is so true, you know, and uh, I feel as a libertarian from the beginning, uh, I've been sort of talking about this and, and, you know, I, I made a, a tweet before, uh, before, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, maybe two weeks ago about how, you know, it's amazing that us human beings are in, you know, we have these, this infinite capacity for creativity and expression and thought and sensory experience and a world of magic surrounds us and a world of mystery surrounds us yet for whatever reason in the mass you know societal realm of of debate and discourse we're limited to the binary you know fucking chocolate or vanilla options the shit sandwich or the, the shit the giant douche or the turd sandwich like you know why why is the why do we find ourselves being narrowed down the scope of reality is narrowed down to the sanctioned playpen of approval of approved opinion and thought and expression that you have to conform to you know what is on the page and you cannot go beyond that because that's not allowed and that's not approved and that's not quote unquote normal and that's wacky or whatever but there is an infinite ocean of possibilities in front of us and 
I am inspired by Charles Eisenstein, and I think that he holds a lot of the keys to provoking thought, to really asking the big questions, to exploring the possibilities. And so you can get the the course for free from August 3rd to the 12th. That link is in there, and it's only going to be in that time frame. And I guess it's going to be kind of limited. But then they're also offering the course, it was, I think, $99. They're offering it for $49, so 50% off. And you get lifetime access and exclusive bonus material, bonus content. Uh, I think there's a also a coaching call with Charles, uh, you know, Q&As, and just a whole bunch of stuff. And you can definitely dive into all those details in the links, in the show description. Use my links to do it, whichever one you do. Maybe you want to do both. I think that's what I'm going to do. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for it. So go check that out. Also, a uh, good friend of both Charles and mine uh, is Zach Geist. Zach Geist, who runs the company Student Loan Tutor. Student Loan Tutor is the, you know, they are the magicians that are able to b- break the spell that has been cast by the linguistic sorcerers of lawyers and elites that enslave and trap people into debt. And we all have it, student loan debt, credit card debt, whatever it is, contact Student Loan Tutor. That link is also in the show description where it says sponsored by studentloantutor.com. Say you found them through Mikeadelic. Uh, say you, you heard them by, from Mike Brancatelli, Zach Geist, former uh, past podcast guest, amazing person, amazing human being. I love Zach. In fact, I got to give him a call. It's been a little while. Uh, I, and, uh, but Student Loan Tutor, go, go check them out. They, you know, put in an inquiry, put in a, a request to have a call. They'll see if they can work with you with your student loan debt. And my God, they worked with me and they literally liberated me from the shackles of a, a crippling weight, a crippling uh, karmic weight on my cosmic ledger of debt. I feel so much more free now to operate in the world without having all these tentacles pulling me down. They know what to do. They get in there. They they perform. You know, they perform surgery on your situation if they can. So go see if they can do it. Studentloantutor.com. Check them out, please. Uh, do yourself a favor. And hemp bombs. Yeah, I don't really care about them. I mean, you know, go check them out. Whatever. <laughs> Put in the code Mike15 at checkout for 15% off. I shouldn't say I don't really care about them. I mean, I know. I mean, I can't really care about them. They're not a them. It's it's a company. I definitely care about Josh. He, he was the guy that hooked me up with the deal. So Josh is cool. But, you know, as a as a company, as an entity, can't really care about an entire entity. But but hey, if you're interested in CBD, give them a just check them out. Get 15% off. Give it a try. I only need to get 10 more dollars in commissions before I can pull out of my, uh, pull out my money. So just do it. Just check it out. I don't, what do you have to lose? You know, CBD it's, you know, you know, (laughs) worst, worst ad read of all time. All right. What else? I think that's, that's pretty much it. I think that we did it all. Oh, uh, guys, I love you. I love all of you for your love and support. Thank you so much. You know what to do if you if you if you love things. If you're an avid podcast listener and you love things, you know what to do. We're at 288 
five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts, which is just a really great way to to boost the show up in the rankings, to get the kinds of uh, topics, subject matters that we're talking about out there in more uh, people's purview. And so uh, go and leave a, a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you do, I'll give you, I'll send you a check for a million dollars, one million dollars. Uh, no, but it helps the show a lot. It really does. We're at 288. I think it would be fantastic to get the 300. You know, that's it, this is all an ego thing for me, nothing more. But uh, but no, really, it just it just helps the show. It really helps the show, and it is nice to read the the nice, lovely things that people write. Uh, and if you don't want to write anything, you can just tap five stars, and that helps out tremendously. If you don't, if you uh, if you can go a step further, join our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Mike Brank. And uh, donate as little as a dollar a month, $5 and up, rewards start kicking in. You get access to the private Discord server, the Mycadelic Inner Sanctum. Okay, I think this intro has gone on way too long, but that's it. That's the business. I love you. You love me. We all love each other. Enjoy this podcast. You're going to love it. I love Matt. Check him out. Get ready. Awesomeness coming now. Psychedelics are illegal, not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Information is power, but we have to seize, seize the, opportunity. the opportunity. The opportunity. crazy times but trying to navigate it with productivity and creativity you know just trying to stay focused on you know everything I'm working on you know it's really easy to get caught up in all that minutia but uh, yeah because like when all this stuff first started happening not only the virus but the um, the outrage over uh, George Floyd and all this stuff I was watching the news like regularly I was like and that was weird because for years I never watched like the news. cable news. Yeah, well, like uh, oh, wow. like NBC on YouTube essentially, um, mm. which is very different for me because I I don't watch the news, but it seemed like such a national alert um, of importance that I wanted to be caught up. But a few days of that it was too much for me, man. So I have not been watching the news. I guess I'm just kind of like get hearing for the most part through the ether and through Instagram and stuff like. Yeah, and, and, and friends, you know, like what's going on, but it just seems to be getting crazier and crazier every day. So I just couldn't keep up with all that, you know, I, <laughs> man, I, I feel that too. It's like ratcheting it up, you know, what it, it's, it's such a, a strange concept even to think of something as like the news, mm-hmm. as if there's only one source of truth for reality, right. you know, like, <laughs> right. which we both know is inaccurate. Totally. 
Yeah, and the things that they are doing, I'm sure, for whatever, you know, power moves that benefit them, you know, like this whole, like, uh, COVID crisis, and they're, like, trying to mark as many deaths as possible, and they're saying there's, like, a flare-up again, but honestly, it's really normal here in San Antonio. Like, if you go by what the news is saying, it seems like it's, like, crazy out there, but, like, when I go out to get groceries or whatever, everyone is pretty chill, you know, like... Same here in Denver. Everyone's pretty chill. Yeah, it uh, reminds me of that uh, famous um, Bill Hicks uh, joke where he's where he's like, do you know the one I'm talking about? Where he's Let's where see. he's like saying like, you, you turn on the the news and it's like war, death, famine, AIDS, war, death, famine, AIDS, fear, terror, and then he's like, right. and then you open your front door and it's like. <laughs> Yep. He's like, where, where's all this stuff happening, man? Yep. You know, and then he goes into like how Ted Turner's making it up because he can't get laid or something, and <laughs> you know, CNN's lying. But we all know, you know, that it's you know the you know the, the charade. But uh, right. Um, and there's little kernels of truth everywhere you find. But what what's been the the kernels of truth that have been popping up in in your reality as of late? Yeah, I mean, I think just kind of I've been focusing on the microcosm. You know, my life, the, my friends, my family, like the people I work with. Um, that to me has kind of kept me kind of sane. I think. Um, that's been definitely a calling towards truth. And of course, you know, still meditating, doing kind of these like uh, wellness rituals daily. Ice baths have been a new thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I miss sauna a lot. I might have mentioned in a previous discussion with you about how sauna was really a staple of kind of my like wellness practice as far as like, you know, getting meditation in um, while also like detoxing the body. Well, all the saunas are closed, um, so we've had to kind of switch to a new method of escaping, you know, the mind for a bit, and ice baths have been really amazing, so. Yeah, I, I've been doing uh, cold exposure, mm -hmm. I guess you would call it, for um, for a little while, uh, and I haven't done an ice bath in a long time. That's That's... That's where it's at. That really puts you into the present moment. <laughs> right. It does. Yeah. I was actually editing a podcast for my brother because uh, I'm, I'm his new show producer. My brother started a podcast as well. Uh, shout out oh, cool. uh, Robert Patton Global. That's what the podcast is. And uh, we had had this guy on named Dr. Harhari out of LA. He's got a wellness clinic. Uh, really cool guy. But he just went in on podcast their sorry on ice baths their benefits and how they've changed his life and stuff definitely informed by Wim Hof and you know a lot of other kind of uh, modalities um, breath work and meditation he's also tried psychedelics so I think all these things go together but he was so hyped on ice baths that I just had to go to Lowe's and buy a tub you know 30 bucks or whatever buy two two dollars worth of ice throw them in and just see what it's all about and man it was amazing i really loved it so that was the first time that you you did an ice bath yeah and i mean recently. in recent memory yeah i mean i might have done them when i was a kid just out of like a dare or just for fun but you know like um no i hadn't been using them and did you have a particular kind of uh practice going into it like uh maybe like a breathing or something like that like how did you enter into the ice water absolutely yeah me and my friends practice Wim Hof pretty much daily 
Um, I took his course online and got like, you know, my little online certificate to, to teach it too. So, oh, cool. um, yeah, but it's cool. I mean, Wim Hof is, his breath work has been a part of our life for a long time. And I had been doing uh, yogic breath work for, you know, probably about 10 years now at this point. Um, so I'm very familiar with, with moving the breath and using that to kind of help stir, you know, some, some, you know, some courage up to jump into some ice, you know, <laughs> it, mm -hmm, it also kind of mm -hmm. puts you in a space where you're like very in control of your reaction. So you, you know, if you, if you go in with a lot of anxiety and no kind of like breath control, you're going to like start kind of freaking out a little bit. Um, getting those like, oh, 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 you know, <laughs> and that's cool too. If you, I mean, as long as you get in, that's cool too. But, you know, with the breath, you can kind of, I'm getting in, I'm in, whoa, you know, like yeah. a little more control of reaction. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's so, I always, whenever I start down this path of talking about the breath, it's, it, it's always this thing that is, it seems so simple. I mean, it, I think it is so simple. We just kind of forget or we leave it behind or we don't pay it as enough respect as it, as it deserves, mm -hmm. but it literally like creates more space for you to operate this, you know, bio mm -hmm. meat suit operating system that we're, that we're wearing. It's like, yep. I, I recently took a cold plunge and an alpine lake oh, nice. uh, here in, in Colorado. I was out paddle boarding with my girlfriend and, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to jump in. She's like, are you crazy? I'm like, yeah. And I'm going to jump in. It's going to be great. And, uh, it's just, there's something really great about that feeling of being in that cold water and having that control, moving that air and creating that space within you. Mm -hmm. And then realizing that a lot of things are in our minds. Yep. 100%. I love that. Because then when you get out, you feel so centered in the present moment, very similar to how a psychedelic can kind of like ground you to just be like here now and focused on that, like the things around you immediately. Um, your mind isn't really wondering. It's just kind of, whoa, we're all here, you know? So it's that's pretty awesome. And uh, that helps, I think, with you know all the mental chatter that people deal with that kind of keeps them from maybe being as productive as they want to be or uh as creative or even just as present period you know what i mean yeah 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 do you think that a lot of people well yeah i yeah, always have like multiple questions mm -hmm. but do, do you think that that a lot of people really have a desire to be uh, very productive and that there's certain things that are, that are holding them back from that? Yeah, I think that really depends on where you get your fulfillment. Some people get fulfillment from, you know, just meditating. I mean, and I mean in a certain way, I even consider that productivity. But, um, you know, I, I guess it's really about what you're after. You know, the people that I hang out with typically are the entrepreneurial type, um, creative type, someone who's building a platform, a podcast, a radio show, uh, like uh, a, a, uh, a book, you know, um, like music, videos, all that stuff. And so it's really nice to have like a community of creative people around you who are making progress and it's kind of like pushing, you know, you or me in this circumstance to, you know, stay productive as well and keep channeling my creativity because it certainly allows for an outlet for emotion and um not only that it becomes a center of interest to you because sometimes like 
when I'm not in creative zones, I feel like I'm constantly wanting to be a consumer. Like I'll be on YouTube. What's new? What have I not seen? What's the latest podcast? Blah, 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 blah. When you're in the midst of your own creation, whether it be, you know, a podcast like we're doing here now with you, or for example, like a, like a new song or a new album, um, it becomes a center of your kind of consumer stuff, so to speak. You're always listening to your own material. You're listening to your mixes if you're a musician. You're listening to your own edited podcasts if you're a podcaster. And I think that is more constructive towards learning about you and going inward than being a consumer of just listening to everyone else's ideas. You know what I mean? Because you're mm-hmm. getting to hear yourself turn these things over like with other people and their angles too. Cause like I'm editing my podcast currently, uh, Z and archive, which is not out yet, but it's going to be out in like a month. And, um, I'm dropping 10 episodes at once and I listen to them like four times each. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. Wow. I don't, I know some people just maybe put it You're out. You're probably sick of my voice by the No, by now. no, I love <laughs> it. Like that's what I'm saying is it becomes my Netflix. It's like yeah. I get home and I'm like, oh, I'm going to hear that podcast again. Make sure that it sounds dope, you know, because once it's out, it's out. And I want it to be, uh, I'm really thinking it through like a, like a full season production, almost like, you know, how Game of Thrones or, or just any show really would take like a year to do a thing and like give you like 10 solid episodes. Um, I'm thinking of it more in that lane, just for fun, just because I, I think it sounds unique and fun to me because there's so many podcasts out there that to try to differentiate a little bit with the out like the output or how you go about releasing i think is is good and and i'm an experimental person so kind of going in on that (laughs) yeah you're an experimental person you're an entrepreneur you're you're like uh an auteur in a certain sense because i think there's a certain kind of style to a lot of the things that you you know whether it's music or you know um the, the, the just aesthetic, mm-hmm. you know, the aesthetic quality of, of what you're, what you're involved with. Um, yeah, that's really cool, man. I think that, uh, here, let me get out of the shadows. Sure. I want to, I want to <laughs> put a little bit of light on. I feel weird just being like this dark entity. Hey, no worries. All right. That's better. That's better. You can see me now. Um, cool. Hell yeah. What's well, it's interesting. Cause it's like, the, there's like the seen and the not seen. You know, there's so many things that we that we don't see that are in the shadows, maybe in the shadows of ourselves that have yet to be revealed. But if we put forward the the inertia, you know, and make the commitment to kind of you know go after it, then it's like then we produce something that's never been produced before. There's yep. a creation process that happens. That is really really exciting. It's uh, everyone getting in did that flow. That. Everyone that yeah. we liked their shit later, Joe Rogan, you know, Terrence McKenna, anyone legendary like that we just love their shit. Like they put out some initial stuff that was maybe not their best shit ever, but they tried and they put it out and they put it out and they put it out. And over that time of consistency, you know, I'm talking decades, they became those legends, you know, like we all can do that. We can, we all. It's funny because with people on a pedestal in this like lineage of like psychedelic culture or just like culture period, pop culture even, everyone kind of thinks those people are superhuman or something, but they're just like us, you know what I mean? So it just takes uh, that commitment, like you're saying, you know, and knowing what you want, knowing what you're interested in. And that takes trying a lot of things until you find 
what you love. And certainly when I tried psychedelics, I, oh, I love these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so in the, in the intro, I, I mentioned, uh, your, all your stuff that you're, that you're doing, but, uh, but I didn't record that intro yet, so I'm I'm lying right now. <laughs> but but when I do record that intro, I am going to mention it. But you uh, kind of built up yourself through social media, getting involved with DMT, the Spirit Molecule, as you as you you know explained to me before. Now you run that Facebook page, and right. as well as Time Wheel and your own uh, music and um, other projects like you're producing and the podcast and stuff. So. Mm-hmm. What is your, what is like your creative process look like? You know, because I, I, I think, I think it's, it's pretty interesting to have the kind of balance and the kind of poise and the centering that I see from you with also the, uh, the productivity, like just for this podcast, for example, you were like, Hey, you want to do it at like 10 AM or something like that? I was like, dude, that's too early for me. But like, you're like a rise and shine, conquer the day kind of guy, carpe diem to the fullest. For sure. Talk about that a little bit and and maybe talk about like your, you know, your philosophy on life and and like what, Mm -hmm. how your creative process unfolds. Yeah. I think for me, it is really a matter of having mentors. Um, I was someone who always looked to learn, you know what I mean? From, from whoever is around. Um, One of the mentors that uh, is my brother, Robert, uh, Robert Patton, the owner of Sheath Underwear. And um, he, he, around probably age 27 around you know I'm like 16 something like that I start hanging out with him and he's on this like stock trading day trading vibe and he's like a a young guy he's like my brother I grew up with him and he's up at you know 6 a.m drinking coffee watching what's it called um I mean, these days it's C- like Cudlow report. Yeah. It's like Bloomberg news at Cram- these days, but yeah, mad money yes, with Jim Cramer, yes, that stuff. <laughs> so he's up, you know, doing that. I'm at his, I'm at the house. I, I, I'm always been an early kind of, uh, early bird. You know, I just get up early. I just wake up early. And even if I fall asleep late, I wake up early and, um, it's hard for me to just like kind of lay in bed. You know what I mean? So I'm ready to get up and I'm also like heavily addicted to coffee. So I just get some, I get a coffee almost every morning, like six out of seven mornings I go, it's a ritual to like either Starbucks or the local coffee shop, um, get some espresso, come back. And it's just like a, a normal thing for me to just plug in at that point. But anyway, um, hanging out with my brother, uh, really kind of showed me that. And we built that company together, uh, before I launched time wheel. Uh, Sheath had already been around for like three years and um, we did two Kickstarters. They were successful. Really, you know, um, just hanging out with him really just like put me into this kind of grind mode. Um, Also, my mentor, Mitch Schultz, who you mentioned from DMT, the Spirit Molecule, not but a few years later, I'm thinking 19 now where I was 16, kind of getting mentored by my brother there. Um, He had reached out for an intern and I applied for the internship. I got it. And I was working out of Austin, just, you know, helping him, you know, get coffee, you know, all the basics, just like assistant stuff, you know, like run through some B-roll, 
um, you know, go pick up lunch, you know, wait for this dude. He's going to hand me a DVD at, on the corner, <laughs> you know, all this stuff. It's like all this is honestly fun little quest type stuff. And I actually grew up a gamer. Ah, yeah. So nice. I, I looked at it kind of like a video game, you know, and, um, after years of that, you know, I really learned a lot about the psychedelic media scene and, um, start wanted to, at that point felt like I had a little bit of my own voice to share, you know? So through Time Wheel, through my band, Something Fiction, um, we started kind of publishing our own original stuff, um, our own music, our own articles, our own write-ups, and working through this psychedelic network that was just kind of already there. It's been there for tens of years. I just had no idea. And um, psychedelics definitely played a massive role in my interest in working with Mitch because without that interest, I probably wouldn't have found the film DMT of the Spirit Molecule and then been on the Facebook page when they asked for an intern, you know, so um, it all, yeah. it all like Did you have this... a psychedelic experience before watching that film? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I really didn't know much about psychedelics or spirituality or anything until I was like 18. Um, I did have interest in art that was calling from that that I've talked about mm -hmm. a lot, especially the band Tool. I just loved them. I loved the words. I loved the sounds. I loved the artwork. I didn't know why. Um, uh -huh, yeah. I didn't know they were touching on deep psychedelic content and stuff like that. So um, when I was like, I'm going to say 18 or 19, um, smoking weed for some of the first times, you know, like I really didn't do it growing up. Um, and then trying mushrooms, like, man, especially because we took a lot. We took a lot. So our consciousness was like catapulted into the deep cosmos and and for weeks after you know what i'm saying like we could still function but like we were on a different level after that <laughs> you know what i mean i do yes i do yeah, yeah. so wow. yeah mentors you know man i just hanging around with guys that um that do it you know and and then you're just like well i'm gonna do it too you know and it just kind of feeds off each other. You're helping them, they're helping you. I think mentorship is a really amazing gift to life and shouldn't be, you know, um, not sought after. I think everyone should seek after mentorship. It's very important. Um, my creative flow, I mean, to me, it's just every day. It's what I do. What do I want to work on? What am I feeling? Do I want to hear a podcast? Do I want to edit a podcast? I also do video work. I have plenty of projects to choose from uh, as far as like what I need to do. I also have help, you know, um, so certain things I can, I can delegate to other people to help. And then I get to do some of the most fun stuff. That's the way I see it. It's still work, you know, it's still running through videos and podcasts and media work. But again, it, it's like, I'm consuming, it's like, it's becoming my Netflix to like do this work. And that I think is the kind of, uh, what's it called? The transmutation, the transmutation of work to play that people, you kind of hear about, you know, if you should love your work, it shouldn't be work, all that stuff. That's what I'm finding, you know, like as I kind of carve this, this lane of like just creative media work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so do you, what is like, what do you, what would you say is like the, the driving force for you or several driving forces that keeps you going that keeps you, uh, editing for hours and, you know, committed is, is there a larger, 
goal that you have or is there a, a particular kind of philosophy or vision that really invigorates you? Mm. <clears throat> Good question. To me, it kind of dials down to it's my purpose or something. I kind of feel like um, this is what I'm here to do, you know, because I think that, you know, this is my own philosophy, something I've come up with just about people and who they are and what their interests are. I feel like it's our job to discover what we're good at and see if we love it. And if we don't try something else that, you know, maybe you're, you're pretty good at too. And if, and see if you love it. And if you don't, you have to just keep finding things until you know what you actually love. And that is truly what you feel is your purpose for being here. And for me, it's serving others and creativity, you know, and it can be music. It could be audio. It could be video. It could be out shooting with my camera is, you know, I just feel like that's the gift that I have. And I don't know, it's been awesome. I give it away just as much as I get paid for it. You know what I mean? I really do. So it's just what I'm here to do. So, yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're like paying it forward too. you know, I'm sure that you're a mentor to, to people now as people have been mentors to you. And, and it's like, you know, we're talking about that art being interested in art that definitely like speaks to or calls to or pulls from that transcendent psychedelic spiritual, you know, non-dual realm and, and inspires. It's like something hits us when we see a piece of art that we really deeply resonate with that we can't maybe language at the moment, but it's just like whether it's music or, or, uh, a video or, mm -hmm. uh, actually just a static, you know, picture or painting. So what, what is that thing for you? Like, what does that, what does that feel like? What does that look like when, when you experience something like beautiful or touching, uh, a piece of artwork or, um, you know? I'm a really emotional guy, honestly, like, things can make me cry like a YouTube video, a well done music video, like it'll bring a tear to my eye, you know? And if I'm feeling it, I know it's good, you know? And it, and it inspires me to want to be able to bring that to the world too, through my own forms, you know, something as good as what I've witnessed that could compel such an emotional reaction of beauty or awe or, um, kind of, even just like the, the, the impermanence of life, you know, like kind of taking things, Oh, we might lose this shit. Like sometimes you just need a perspective change and a good piece of art or music video or documentary is, is really good at doing that. Um, yeah, it's weird. I've always been very affected by media. Like as kids, like I would be going to, honestly, this is pretty embarrassing, but like these chick flicks with my mom, and like be crying and my mom's not, you know, <laughs> literally like as a 12 year old or whatever, like, can you remember a, a particular one? Oh man. Cause I might've tried so during it many. too. So. There's so many. <laughs> I've, oh, oh, for sure. I've, the one with the gorilla what was, and Jane or something. Oh, what was it? Oh, is uh, that Tarzan? No. Oh man. I got to look it up. But there was this gorilla movie. Oh, Jane Goodall? I think so. Who teaches the sign language to the to the isn't that? Oh man. Honestly, we so saw so many chick flicks like cuz me and my mom uh 
So my parents actually got divorced when I was 11, and me and my mom moved to Texas, which is why I live here. Oh, here it is. Where were you before? It's called The Mighty or something. Joe? Okay. Well, I found an image. Mighty Joe Young. Oh, yeah. Mighty I've Joe Young. Okay. Wow. Yeah, okay, I've, but, heard, I've, I've heard of that. Yeah, so, so yeah, me and my mom had a really close bond where we would just, she would just see, like, let's go on a date essentially, you know, with your, with your son, with your mom, take me out to dinner and we'll go to, um, a movie, you know, and I didn't always get to pick them, but she got to pick most of them, <laughs> but it was fun. You know what I mean? Just like, we didn't know anyone here in Texas. So we just kind of hung out with each other. She's really cool. Very supportive, yeah. even of this psychedelic stuff I'm doing, you know, shout out mom. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to the moms out there. Yeah, it's 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 funny when you when I was younger, I I I had uh more of like a combative relationship, you know. Sometimes I would be like, "Oh, mom, you're embarrassing me," or you know, things like that. And now as I get older, I look back and I like kind of appreciate, you know, those those moments like the ones that you just shared. Like that sounds really nice, you know, uh, mm -hmm. to have that kind of connection and and that bond and yeah. yeah, she wasn't very strict, and I think that helped both me and my brother um, become the entrepreneurial type that we are in a way, because she wasn't very limiting of what she would what we weren't allowed to do or whatever, and in a way that kind of gave us space, because you always hear about this these parents that say, don't do drugs, don't do drugs, don't do drugs, and people want to do it just because their parents are saying don't do it. Well, my mom really never talked about drugs, you know what I mean? And naturally, I didn't even want to do it because it wasn't talked about until I was like 18. I finally tried smoking weed, like I said. But um, also, she wouldn't really, she, you know, she wouldn't buy us more than what is necessary. So it gave us a sense of drive towards getting our own money. You know what I mean? It's like, mm -hmm. if I really want this Legos or whatever it is when I'm 10, like I have to... Um, wow, this is funny going down memory lane right now because actually there was like a chores system that I put in place. I was like a businessman even when I was like 10. I was like, <laughs> if I do, if I rake the yard, that's $5 or whatever, you know? And she would, yeah, she yeah. would agree, you know, because she, she was going to buy me the toy one way or another. So it's like, let me <laughs> let him earn it, you know? And we would have, you know, me and Bobby both probably operated kind of in that fun structure of getting paid for chores you know instead of like having an allowance so yeah. you know it was a good it was a good life man like i can't complain like i had a really good upbringing you know yeah very nice mm -hmm. yeah super important you know too for the the development of uh of the creation of people to then put creation back into the world mm -hmm. you know because if you don't have such a good upbringing and you're suffering and you're traumatized and you you're wrapped up in all that stuff well if you're fortunate enough hopefully you'll come across maybe psychedelics or meditation or some kind of practice and therapy to, to unwind that mm -hmm. and then then you can start giving your gifts uh, but to have that at a young age is is really great you know when michael philip was on or when i was on his show i think we were talking about mystery schools mm -hmm. and how cool it would be to have <laughs> mystery schools and, and just hearing you talk about how mentors played an important part of your life and your mom. And it's like, do you, I don't know, do you imagine something like maybe something like that for yourself? Like, like creating some kind of like 
like mystery school or something i mean i i i think about it like i think man it would just be cool to have like a cool spot where people could come but Mm -hmm. but even like you know just getting like families involved and and children as they're growing up and and really learning about a lot of this like you know breath work all the stuff that we find out later in life you know Mm -hmm. kind of inculcating that into these like little mystery schools oh for sure yeah i mean i've definitely like you know, it's crossed my mind. I, I think the way that we go about that currently is with these kind of community um, ice baths, drum circles, breath work circles, you know, yoga mornings. But it's it's really a bunch of kind of uh, people in the music industry. It's really a bunch of artists. It's funny. It's like, I feel like it's hard for me to have, you know, like be in that position where I can like teach like a, or have an actual mystery school. Cause I'm still learning so much myself and still so young, mm-hmm. but as friends, we get together and have, you know, um, community experiences. We've been doing it for years. I mean, the quarantine obviously put a, a halt on that for a long time, um, this year, but um, previous to that, it was pretty much like a weekly to every other week thing where we get together to meditate or do yoga or um, those were the big ones, you know, and sometimes smoke some weed, you know, even just getting altered together, just like in that heightened state, <laughs> that. you know. Yo, you want to get altered, bro? <laughs> exactly. And it's cool because there was always a little bit of a spiritual container, even with using weed or like psychedelics, because we respect them as these like kind of plant teachers, you know, that have things to offer. So it's not like I haven't smoked a joint and not been in a spiritual state of mind. Certainly that happens, but uh, on those particular mornings, it's, it's very spiritual. You know what I mean? Totally. I mean, I think we all can tell the difference between the people who are, you know, have some kind of, um, you know, practice or have at least some kind of intention or purpose or integration practice uh, with, with using, you know, whatever they're using, cannabis, mushrooms, you know, anything. Mm -hmm. And the people who just don't, you know, and the people that don't, it's just like, whatever, you know, people often ask me like when the first time that I use psychedelics. And I always say the first time that I really intentionally started using psychedelics was around 2012, but I had used psychedelics before that. And it was just, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it's just a part of the getting fucked up getting high you know being a what we call people now like a wook Mm -hmm. (laughs) right yeah it's just uh another thing to consume Mm -hmm. it's another experience to like put on your shelf and be like oh remember that time that we got so wasted and it's like those could be fun times and those could be fun memories but Mm -hmm. yeah i think that we both are aligned with more of a uh, a quest mentality. Mm-hmm. I like, I like that. The quest, yeah. man, the, 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 the RPG, like, yeah. you know, questing, like the first yesterday, I was just talking about the first uh, system that I really got like into, mm-hmm. um, that I really, that like I sort of grew up with was Nintendo 64 and I got Zelda and the, or yeah, Ocarina, Ocarina, Ocarina of Time, yep. and I played that thing Same. straight. Like I was just obsessed with it, Same. and it was it was questing, and it was adventuring, and it was leveling up, and I just love that analogy to life mm-hmm. and looking at life like that. Absolutely, it's, it's so cool, man. Absolutely, it and it makes so much sense because um, it's funny because you hear uh, these days a lot about like the simulation theory. 
And even just as a mindset, even if it's not true, even if it's just a mindset you can hold, it it's awesome. I don't know, to me, it doesn't scare me. I'm not, oh no, it's a simulation. It's like, oh, so it is a game, great. You know what I mean? So, um, especially as someone who, you know, I understand the meta of games. I know how to feel like that character running through the places and doing the quests and like, you know, getting the rewards and stuff. So if you just kind of translate that to looking at life that way, um, it's great. You know, I think video games are therapeutic. I think they can be overdone, um, but I think they can also be a form of therapy for people like, you know, like just a few hours a week. You know, I don't think you should feel bad about playing, you know, two hours a week or maybe three, four hours a week of a game. You know, if it becomes three, four hours every day, then, you know, then you're losing a little bit of other stuff. And I've been there too, you know, heavy, like I've played the shit out of World of Warcraft, honestly. So mm. I know what it's like, <laughs> but in a weird way, like again, with that word transmute, looking at life like the real game, um, especially once you have experience in games and knowing like the grind that you're able to put yourself through, like literally I could sit in a chair for 12 hours straight and play a game. Why can't I work on my business for 12 hours straight? It's the same thing. I know like the thought patterns are a little different, but you're in front of a computer with a mouse dedicated to a mission. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's, you just have to have faith. I think in that process of the world that's being that you're creating, you know, rather than having this world that's already built being stimulated, you know, you're being stimulated by, you know, you're actually in like in the, in the circuitry, yeah. so to speak of the game. And you're like, so it's like, okay, well I know that if I do all these things that it's going to produce this thing, like it, you know, it's mediated by time, mm -hmm. which is the, I always say like, you know, we're all magicians, but it's just like, it's mediated by time yes. and, and effort and energy. So it's like, we could think something in our heads and it's sort of like, pops mm -hmm. up and appears just we just got to do like a few things yep. to make that happen <laughs> i love that i think that you know i don't really understand magic with a k it just seems really heady like i tried to listen to some audiobooks about it and i couldn't <laughs> i couldn't keep up um but what you just said i think is kind of the fundamental thing that magic with a k is touching on is it's like bringing intention into uh, a situation and knowing that an outcome can happen it just takes that time and that doing you know what i mean it, i mean it's, it's it's almost like conjuring but time is that kind of like you know element that we need to pass before the conjure appears and that should be okay you know like we live in such a culture that everyone wants everything right now like even like yesterday when our website wasn't loading for like five seconds i was like what the fuck you know it's like even me it's like we oh we just get so addicted to like everything as soon as it happens you know we want it we want instant gratification but if you're able to you know look at longer term goals especially and i'm talking about you know with artistic or um you know like business type things like you can make things happen it's mm -hmm. just takes doing it and and being persistent and, and waiting for that time and the time comes you know just don't you know, lose patience, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, being somebody that takes psychedelics, it's like when you are in that space and you're seeing things that you normally wouldn't be able to see in reality, it's like, you're like, oh, wow. Like, uh, 
how did that get created? You know, it's like, well, I don't know. Part, you're like playing a part in it. Like they don't, you don't just like see DMT on the floor and it's just like, Hey, look at this. Look at that. It's just like goes into its experience. You need to like merge with it and be, have this like symbiotic thing with it for then it to produce something. And you're like, Oh, okay, cool. So I'm like taking some action here mm-hmm. and helping to produce this. And this is also helping produce something in me. So it's like, it's all the creation, the creation process. I remember I had, mm-hmm. I had like a pretty profound experience where it was just like, the thing that just kept coming up was just infinite creation, infinite creation. It's like, it's just, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's inspiring. Again. Yeah. With that, you know, it could be why we're here. I, I identify with it uh, as a personal path, but creation itself coming out of creation, you know, fractal in creation, it makes sense in those spaces that the human act is to create. Like the, like the ant act is to make the ant mound and feed more ants and, you know, like have more ants and stuff. It's like, we're here to create different stuff, you know, like we're actually creating from pure consciousness, pure energy, like some of us out here. So it's crazy that, I mean, that is, that is the, is the alchemy. That is the magic that, you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. understanding yeah. that, I think. And you can, and it, and it looks like a great piece of art, a great music video, you know, something that moves you, a film, you know, um, creation period, I think is part of the reason that we're here, you know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I saw, I saw a piece of, uh, of art that moved me yesterday. I watched this adult swim program called Mr. Pickles. Okay. Have you ever... (laughs) Have you ever seen no. it? <laughs> oh my God. It's insane. It's sometimes like I, yeah, it's, it's like, you're familiar with Rick and Morty. Yeah. yeah. It's like that times like a thousand dipped in like satanic like <laughs> blood. It's, it's, it's about a, an evil, like satanic dog that has like a pathway to hell under his, uh, his dog house. But wow. even that, like I'm looking at that as like, I mean, I was, you know, being tongue in cheek when I was saying that it like moved me, mm-hmm. but it did move me in a certain sense of just being like, oh my God, this is so over the top. This is so absurd mm-hmm. that I'm just happy that like this exists. This is like a part of, of creation totally. that, and the animation's pretty, pretty wacky and crazy, yeah. but it's one of the most absurd shows I've ever seen. That's and funny. I like, I like absurd. I like yeah. that Midnight Gospel. Oh yeah, yeah. in that gospel, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It, Duncan Trussell's show. Yeah, yeah. it had it had a t- a touch of that absurdity, but it was also just so metaphorical. You know, I loved it. It packed it all in there. It 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 really did a good job of like touching on on like all the human emotions. Mm-hmm. They should put that yeah. on Adult Swim. <laughs> that would yeah. be sick. Yeah, I think. I mean, man, like I know D- Duncan has been somebody who's been out there for a while doing his thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I guess I consider, or maybe he considers this like, as like his first kind of like big mainstream win Mm -hmm. or like mass appeal win. So that's, that's pretty cool. That is, that's very cool. I love his conversations with the, uh, the grays, Alex and Allison gray. I'm a big fan of them. I thought you meant like the alien grays. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) That would be dope. I love to talk about aliens. Actually, they're awesome. But um, I know you do. You have like <laughs> you create. You created one of the most popular videos on on YouTube. Like totally. r- right, like about Area Fifty One breaching Area Fifty One. Yeah, I mean, over time, it gathered something like 
15 million views so it's not the most Holy popular shit. but it's it's up there that was that was a crazy happening um yeah i'll go into that real quick that's a, that's a fun one sure um so when was it i was i was probably 16 years old already been fans of watching like you know on history channel things about uh ufos aliens you know the unknown like getting taken on the spacecrafts and you know there was like i think there was sci-fi network there was discovery there were, all these channels would play from time to time things about aliens and to me, those were like extremely interesting. I was like, that was some of the coolest shit I've ever, I've ever heard of, you know? Uh, An- ancient aliens. I like that one too. I felt like what? What if aliens had been visiting the Earth for years? <laughs> What's funny is so much of it I don't believe, but I still find it entertaining. And there are nuggets yes. of truth in there. You know what I mean? There yeah. are little mm-hmm. nuggets like that is unexplained and you know like the chariots in the sky and stuff like i i don't know it's it's entertaining to me for sure but as fans of um you know aliens and ufos and all this stuff we went to las vegas on kind of a family vacation and uh area 51 was something like four or five hours away so we as a kind of family unit i was with like my friends my, my drummer and my band's dad his brother and me, um, really awesome dad to be able to taking his kids to Area 51. I'm just saying. <laughs> was that his idea? Yeah. Um, oh my God, that's so cool. So I'm sure it was a collective idea and we all thought it was great, but you know, he was certainly down for it. And, and we went and, uh, you know, I'm just capturing footage because even then I had a camera on me at all times. I was just always into filming what we're up to. And uh, we saw these people halfway down the road to area 51 that they're literally seven miles from the gate that you're not allowed to to pass they wave us down and they're like hey we're stuck out here we're lost we don't know where to go and it was literally a two-way road so like i didn't even think of that at the time but like there's only one other way to go like why are y'all asking us for directions so already it's kind of weird but um they were like we don't know how to get you know to back to our hotel it's we told them to go that way and take a right. And, you know, they were like, well, where are y'all going? And we were like, we were just going to go up the road. We didn't really say we didn't want to say Area 51 because, you know, it, we don't really need to worry these ladies or whatever, you know. It's like they're just asking for directions. So we're just like, we're just going up this road. And they're like, what's up there? And we're like, we don't know. We're going to go check it out, you know. And they're like, can we follow you? And we're like, okay, sure. And... Then they kind of just quickly get in the car and start following us. And we get all the way down to like right, like we're talking like half a mile before the gate. And they like speed by us, just completely like kind of go off into the grass and like speed by us, like smoke us pretty much. And pass through the signs that say, you know, you're not allowed to go past these signs. And right after that, the the camo men as they're called the security guards swoop down in a truck and chase them high speed and i captured it all on camera you know you can't see everything super clearly and it's all jumbled and we're freaking out and we're thinking we're about to get shot or something so we just kind of like show the signs i walk up to them read them it says like no photography you know like you could die if you pass this sign lethal force authorized all that kind of stuff and oh we're like, okay, this was insane. Let's get out of here. <laughs> so 
we we got out of there you know we went back to the hotel and then we called the inn that they said they were staying at the old ladies they were they needed directions to get back to their inn their hotel we called them and said hey did some old ladies show up and they hung up on us so it was freaking weird but that was that was the mystery that was that youtube video that ended up blowing up unsolved mysteries <laughs> You think you know your grandmother, but do you really? Right. How many years has she been operating as a robot alien reptile gray? What What do you think was going on there? Yeah. What do you feel was really going on there? Years later. You must have some idea, right? Years later, I think they were security for Area 51. And I think they were checking in to see if we were a threat or not, or who we were, or what we were up to. And it was kind of a stunt to get us to get the fuck out, like by them, like driving through and the camo guys chasing them. That to me makes the most sense, you know, like, cause the alternative story is they, they fucking died. Like they got killed with lethal force authorized by those camo men, you know? So I don't know. It depends. It, I, I would say that they were, it was like some weird security job that we just got caught in. Um, cause we are, a, we are looked at like, who are these people coming up on our base? You know, like send the, send them out to check on them. Send the grandmas. Yeah. yeah. They, but they were like, they were just grandmas. They weren't wearing any uniforms or they looked very normal. Just wearing sun hats, you know, and a kind of like an old, I don't know, Oldsmobile or, you know, Buick or something. So maybe that's the big conspiracy. Maybe like when everybody's grandmother passes away, they don't really pass away. <laughs> the government comes quickly at the funeral home takes them brings them to area 51 starts doing all these tests on them oh my gosh you know there's just a whole base of grandmas there wow you know? <laughs> like on some west world you know just like bunker shit just grandmas like ready to go out and fight yeah just like hello grandson would you like cookies do you want me to make you a sandwich <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> hell yeah yeah we we could use some more you know benevolent grandmothers in the world i think that would be nice yeah that would be nice that would be. Oh, you want to hear something funny? Um, I heard recently, this was actually a topic of conversation for years on the Spirit Molecule page, kind of about, is it ever too late for people to take psychedelics? So, like, could an 80-year-old take psychedelics and, like, be okay? Well, it turns out they can. Um, I, my personal view with, was with such rapture that occurred to me by the effect of a psychedelic as an 18 year old, I was like, I don't think someone that has been held on to like a certain reality for 60 years or more could handle it. Like I felt like they would literally go crazy, you know, because mm -hmm. it changes a lot of things It changes a lot of ways that you perceive reality. Um, but, Turns out um, some studies came out and I was also part of like a like kind of a podcast where they discussed, you know, the effects of psychedelics on elderly people. And they they work. They work like they work just as well. They have revelations and they're beautiful and it heals them. You know, that's really interesting. What would you have expected? Well, it's interesting because I know that uh, one of the most famous studies was the Johns Hopkins psilocybin study with end of life, you know, people with um, at the end of their life. And 
I remember seeing videos of like their testimonials and there's like, you know, these kind of grandmothers and mm-hmm. older people saying how they've had the most spiritual experience they've ever had. Mm-hmm. And they're now at peace and not afraid to, to die, which is coming because um, they have these incurable or well, I forget what the right yeah, terminal way to interminable. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so that I'm like, wow, that's really amazing. You know, there could be so much uh, freedom and liberation for the, for people that have been suffering and are in a state of suffering. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, and then I heard Paul Stamets on Joe Rogan oh, yeah. talk about how he didn't want to give his father, uh, psilocybin at the end of his life because he didn't want his father to die with regret. And, and I think I heard Paul say that, I, I don't know if he kind of corrected that statement mm-hmm. or like had any other thoughts on that. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to even go there cause I might be just like making that <laughs> up. But, but I, but I remember him saying that and thinking, Oh man, I'm kind of bummed, Paul. Like I'm kind of bummed that you didn't give that gift to your father, mm-hmm. or, but I don't know, maybe, what do you think? Like, do you think there's any, any, um, it could be a matter of personality. That? So if he knew his dad well enough that like he knew his dad probably was not going to trip well, then it maybe he made that right decision or whatever. But it's like if someone has been a relatively spiritual person that life and they maybe have a prayer practice and they're 80 years old or whatever, and they take it like they're going to be able to speak with that spiritual dimension on a cleaner level. You know what I mean? Like a more easy level. So it is person to person. I'm sure these people are screened and stuff, you know, like, you don't want to give an 80 year old with like mental illness, probably it or dementia or something, you know, like healthy individuals I, I'm hearing is, is what to me was mind, mind blowing to hear that, you know, like a healthy 80, you know, 70, 80 year old could, could take mushrooms or LSD and literally be okay. Cause you start to worry that like, would their heart fail or like, would it be too much for them? Because it gets intense. It's like, whoa, right. you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, whoa. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah, I mean, there's, the, I think, healthy, like, grounded, you know, because obviously the people in the Johns Hopkins study weren't necessarily, quote unquote, healthy, but I mean, of sa- like, of sound mind yeah. and maybe like of, you know, no uh conditions that could be activated due to an intense experience right. no you know like ssris or yes. any kind of like medications that could interfere yeah. yeah yeah i'm all i'm all about it i mean geez you know i i, I remember talking to someone about how we got to like i was like yeah we just we got to turn on the old people man like the seniors you know mm-hmm. start getting the seniors tripping and they're coming back being you know what are you going to say you know next time you go to thanksgiving dinner and and everyone's arguing about you know, oh, this and Trump and that and the other thing, and your grandpa is just like, I've seen the clockwork elves. Right. I've I've seen the DMT entities. I talked to a mantis, <laughs> and he told me that it's all love. Yep. So can we enjoy this meal? I love it. You know, that. it's like, how could you deny? Yep like seniors but right. we have a tendency of doing that in this in this culture mm-hmm. but we shouldn't mm-hmm. you know so maybe if they start tripping yep. maybe we'll maybe we'll listen or maybe we'll just think they're even crazier right. and put them in more crazy situations <laughs> well there is always a generational gap you know what i mean so it's like we will be the old people tripping i'm sure like this generation yeah. us back then psychedelics were still massively underground so 
and they probably don't even have an interest or literally it's been like glued like cemented into their brain that they're bad and there's no there's no way I'm taking it you know what I mean so there's right, all kind of right. things that that could kind of hinder like the elderly from enjoying it as much as as us youngsters but I do think that it's interesting that people can and I think research will come out I mean assuming that you know like there are big news articles coming out about the benefits of psychedelics, you know, Forbes and... Oh, all the and, time, and, yeah. I see you sharing yeah, them on, on exactly. Facebook all the so time. So all that stuff, like, is telling me that it's 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 undeniable at this point. They can't really hide the truth anymore, and they're going to just start saying that it's true, that psychedelics can heal you, you know, and then try to uh, get your money, you know? Like, hey, come to our clinic. It's the only place you can do it legally is 400 bucks, you know? Like, all the stuff, so... But at least you get the yeah. at least you get the uh, the experience now, so it's better. Psy- but... Psychedelic salesmen, like you're watching mm-hmm. like an infomercial, and they're like, "Are you sad? <laughs> Are you depressed? We'll come on down to quick, quick DM- DMT Jiffy Lot. Yep. <laughs> Just for the other guys want to charge you twenty nine nine nine. But do they have the elves? Do they have the fractals? Hilarious. <laughs> you know, it's like hilarious. <laughs> Side effects may include instant happiness, love, and joy. Yeah, like, <laughs> that is hilarious. Yep. It'll get to that point. It's probably going to, you know, be all mainstream atized, you know, to make up a word for it. But um, it's going to look more like a a Celexa commercial or Prozac or whatever. But you know what I mean? But it's going to be saying, we'll make you better, you know? So that's... Ever since I started having five dried crabs with (laughs) mushrooms in silent darkness... (laughs) I don't get worried by my husband anymore. There you go. <laughs> what he does doesn't bother me. Right. We get along great. Yeah. I hear it's good for your brain. Like it, it oh, actually yeah. does things to neurogenesis. I think was one of the things I've heard. Yes. Um, yes. I think that essentially means growing brain cells, right? Mm-hmm. Something like yeah. that. So, you know, where you hear of things like alcohol killing brain cells, especially in you know, like if you get way too drunk, um, but like these grow them that's that's freaking incredible so it's fucking amazing yeah, yeah i mean i love i love mushrooms i think my like psilocybin mushrooms and then just mushrooms in general mm-hmm. um really excited to to dive into this new book i got by um merlin sheldrake oh cool i uh, heard of him rupert sheldrake's son uh shit i forgot what the book's called i think it's called entangled life but it's pretty dope but he, he was yeah he was on instagram and he like he put his book in like a mushroom tub and like grew mushrooms. I think he grew oh, oyster yeah. mushrooms like on his book. Wow. Was, like, pretty, I, I like, saw that. Pretty... I definitely saw that. That's, that's really yeah. cool. Dude, you, it's, you, they're, you, they're just fascinating. They are. But tell me about this, this experience you had recently with some of the highest dose you've done. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know if I want to get into that right now. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll leave that for like a bonus segment or something, okay. but, uh, that's cool. but yeah, I want to, I want to hear more about, cause I, I don't want to take up too much, I feel too you. much of, of time here and, uh, it'll, it'll, yeah, I'll definitely tell, I will definitely tell you about that. That sounds great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean that this, uh, like we're pretty, I think lucky to, to be growing up in the time that we're growing up now because we, we're not like inundated with that, f- that fear mindset, mm-hmm. which is all about, you know, the set and the setting, the setting, the environment, like, even if it's just in the background, you, you know, we're, we're sort of liberated from that conditioned programming, you know, but I still hear people, um, and maybe it's, 
a little people that are a little bit older too that are like you know, a guy in the park the other day was just like wait so mushrooms are like what gets you more fucked up like what do you think like booze or mushrooms or like shrooms mm-hmm. and i'm like yeah it's not really you know it's it's just there's you know we're still kind of operating on that scale sure, so sure. like somebody that's putting out you know a lot of psychedelic content all the time with with dmt the spirit molecule page like you must get a ton of questions or comments or concerns like mm-hmm. what what tell me what that's been like what, what do you what do you mm-hmm. see out there what have you seen since you know working in this space like the kind of questions or comments or concerns and or even like little squabbles that people <laughs> may, might get into for sure it's funny, yeah. I, I think it alarms a lot of people, like with how profound the experiences are, because so many things are people coming on and commenting on a post and maybe not even like talking about the post at all. They'll just be like, Help, I just had an experience where an alien abducted me and then brought me back and I feel completely different and all this stuff. And then there's like a thread of like eighteen people telling them to calm down and chill out and stuff. It's like it's kind of like a like a forum for like you're on them now and you're asking people for help you know what i mean like we, it's crazy because yeah we'll get comments on like the article itself or the image or but a lot of people just kind of come in and comment like help i'm tripping too hard now or whatever like talk me through it like it becomes kind of a place for self-help and stuff but honestly i feel like if people paid attention to what we put out they would know uh what set and setting is and what integration is and what don't be on Facebook asking people about your trip in the middle of it, be doing the work, you know what I mean? But, um, (laughs) it's funny. It's just, it's a place for all kind of, kind of, uh, people coming together, you know, but certainly people having very extreme experiences coming and seeking guidance or help uh, is a thing I see a lot, you know, and, also people saying like how do i find it and it's like dude this is not the place to <laughs> to ask where to get it you know what i mean this is this, yeah we're reporting on pretty much the, the science and the art around that space but um yeah like it's crazy it's it's an honor to to be involved with with that project and there's uh very possibly more to come from that project i can't say anything really but i'm looking Ooh, forward to it wow yeah. Nice. Drop on a little teaser. <laughs> yep. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Mike Adelic. Uh what what about your experiences? Have you had any like really extreme experiences? Oh, a ton. I I, I love them, <laughs> man. I mean transformative stuff, you know, you you end up in so I guess I'll speak mostly on mushrooms, but DMT certainly does it too. But but from mushroom experiences, for me, you end up in a place that's very similar to places you've been before. It's almost like there is this underworld, like right around us, and like in that world, all of these metaphorical data, like centers are operating and myth myths and like it's crazy it's like it's the air is just full of it It's just full of mysticality just full of being able to see what maybe seers or prophets or you know uh you know like just people that are have been gifted in the spiritual insight have seen i was able to 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 literally like be walking around a park and seeing um realizing things that I've heard people realize before, but feeling as if I'm realizing it 
firsthand. You know what I mean? So, and mm -hmm. I'm talking about like oneness and things like I've heard from Lao Tzu, um, certainly even like, you know, Buddhist or even some Christian ideas come out. Um, I'm just, yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful, man. It's a place that it takes me back to that place nearly every time. And if I'm not there through the experience itself, like through the dose, like breath work can, can push you that the rest of the way there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've had probably a hundred trips or something, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, yeah. Some of my most profound experiences are, yeah, really just witnessing what seems to be eternal wisdom firsthand and absorbing that and, you know, feeling a bit like it's almost too much to know or bear or whatever, but you still have to, to know and bear it and, and move forward with your life. Um, and eventually the kind of that the intensity of it fades over time. It just depends on how strongly attached you want to be to those realms and those ideas, because you can certainly, you know, like stay immersed in them. But, um, for me, if you're too immersed in that, you won't kind of create things from it. So there's a balance of having a creative practice, you know, like doing things, drawing from those spaces, creating like a song or an art piece or a podcast, things that I keep saying all the time, pretty much on all podcasts that I come on, um, from that before you kind of dip your toe back, because otherwise it's like, maybe you don't have as much reverence for what you're experiencing. Um, that's the way I personally feel about it. And what's beautiful about psychedelics is I feel they're self-regulating. Um, they call you when they're needed and at the same time they tell you when they're not like you could literally be about to to take a psychedelic and it'll tell you before you do it don't do it it's not the time <laughs> you know and you're just like that's happened to me many right? times and you're just like all right yeah. it's not the time i'm putting it back like you know it'll tell you know yeah. other things are always like drink me if it's beer you know, or alcohol or cigarettes are all like, yeah, it's the time, bitch, you know, but <laughs> it's always the time, yeah, motherfucker. Exactly. But psychedelics are like, hold up. There is no time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is no time. But also, ho yeah. hold up, you know, like it's not, it's not, you know, an optimum timing for this. So, but they're very intuitive. You know, I do feel like they are a teacher. Um, it's a plant spirit or something that is speaking through those things to our subconscious or our conscious or whatever it is that we're hearing, you know, these messages from. Um, but yeah, it just feels, it feels right. You know, like when you're hearing the stuff, it feels like this is w what got us to where we are evolutionarily wise, why we believe in spirits, gods, all the stuff, you know, um, the Tao, why we believe all of, and you know, like, it's like this is where it comes from you start to see it yourself and that i think is the powerful thing about them that you know as a conspiracy theorist i would think people don't want you to have access to but it's pretty incredible that times are shifting and they are allowing us access to this because it's so powerful that it would be the the stuff that makes the the bible or a mystical text like the Tao Te Ching or like you know what I mean? Someone who's immersed in that world and who can see the things psychedelics offer and maybe even are using them to, to help magnify their, you know, the lens that is, you know, who they are. Um, like Lao Tzu, for example, like 
you can create a really powerful work of art that's around 2,000 years from now, you know. I do wonder what's going to happen to all the art here now because it's so much now. Back then, if a book survived, it was like, whoa, you know. But now, is it all going to survive? Is Are we going to lose it in a data crash? Like, what what's going to happen, you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's all ethereal now. It's all on the computer. It's not, we're not publishing pamphlets and, you know, like, of our podcast right. transcripts and stuff. It's like, that's an interesting angle to think about. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should hire someone to uh, transcribe all my podcasts onto stone tablets. <laughs> Put it on a mountaintop. <laughs> yeah, hide it somewhere for a few, like a time capsule <laughs> for a future generation. That's awesome. Like they, we found these things. They are called a podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's seven billion of them. Oh my god! If you transcribed um, all podcasts to be like a a library of Alexandria or whatever, wow, it would be huge. That would be crazy. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting though. I I almost feel like that we're gonna the way that we relate to uh, artifacts and I don't know maybe maybe Michael Garfield would be a good person to talk to about this you Mm -hmm. know like the the whole future fossils kind of thing like these these in the future like digging up these artifacts or discovering these things I wonder what he would say about it but what I would think is that that we ourselves as humans will be sort of augmented and different so we'd be able to interact with the the environment that has produced the things that we're producing in a different way so it's like the whole notion of like digging something up that's old and dusting it off and recover it's just going to be like who knows what we're going to have going on or Mm -hmm. the world's going to end by the end of this year (laughs) you know we don't have to worry about it totally yeah i mean i guess i feel like the whole elon musk um thing where he's talking about putting a chip in your brain pretty much and having access to the internet Neuralink. Neuralink. yeah i think that that is probably you know like the first light bulb of of where we're gonna go as far as like invention so he's gonna be you know the guy that made the telephone or the light bulb or like something crazy profound but it's gonna be that chip in your brain that gives you access to the internet you know yeah. um i think that's probably where it's going i mean it sounds like it um right and then when you're born you'll probably have you know the chip put in or whatever and then mm-hmm. you'll you'll go through the 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 archaeology or whatever will be in the in yes. the mind and in the collaborative it's whatever like, you want to search it's like every podcast yeah. will be there you could literally think you know mycadelic matt z and boom and it, there it is load you know and you're listening wow. you know instantly yeah, I hope if future generations are listening to this, that there's still trees and nature around because that's cool too. That's mm-hmm. a sort of technology of its own that we could still plug in with. And yeah. man, does it feel good to plug in with that. It seems hard that they wouldn't be here because they just grow. They just pop up. They just show up. But if we put something in place, like way too much concrete or something, like that would be sad. You know, that would be sad. I hope we don't go towards that. But you've seen like... Well, I've seen like these photos of like utopian situations where there are like buildings, but there's still plants all over them. And, you know, like plants are still very much present, even in some like major city metropolis, you know, future state of New York or whatever it is. It's like plants could be like weaving up all of the buildings and, you know, having like gardens on every balcony and all that stuff. Like I would hope we get to we get to keep nature around as much as possible because it is a part of 
who we are and where we came from and stuff. So I think so. I think, and I think that it's actually sort of one of maybe an interesting thing from the quarantine, the lockdown pandemic is that more and more people started going online virtually, you know, those that could were, were interacting virtually and seeing that like, Oh yeah, I could kind of do this. And so maybe the, the need for like real brick and mortar type places, you know, we don't have to have all these tall skyscraper type buildings and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Maybe we could start having, you know, I think uh, McKenna talked about this in Archaic Revival, how like with the advent of virtual reality, we could actually go into places in the virtual world that were once brick and mortar, or steel and concrete mm. establishments. And then hopefully we have more of a beautified environment by having gardens and vegetables right. and plants and, and more like permaculture type biodiversity. 100%. I mean, that would be that'd be that'd be a really cool fusion yeah. of like technology and progress and nature and mm -hmm. you know that that mm -hmm. you know balance yep i'm not much of like a social system or politics guy but i could see that if we gave money to proper things rather than less proper things like every single building could have like Japanese tea garden and some dude to freaking farm it and make it as beautiful as, as it can be like every Starbucks could have that and like it would be so amazing you know what I mean it's like people would love it they'd be getting healing vibes you know fresh oxygen nice little you know um, stream coming through offering like I think what it's called like negative ions in the air that makes that's why like those places are peaceful you know like you go to a like a riverbed or a waterfall because like there's this immense release of these negative ions in the air that just like when they hit your auric field or your magnetic field or however you kind of think about the energy that is around you um morphic field like it feels good it feels calming it feels oh this is great this is a nice reset you know and trees and nature do that too um i think water does even more powerfully but but trees and nature mm -hmm. certainly have that effect and um that could be like a utopia situation you know we can still have a corporate starbucks you know but it's like hey we're we're funding you know like a tea garden on every corner or you know and, and people that tend yeah. to it and people they grow their beans there yeah exactly whatever, you know? they have a garden there yeah percent that would be so that'd amazing. be cool yeah yeah, dude, I, I, water is, is so, uh, calming and peaceful. Like I was just on this, this camping trip and, you know, sleeping by this like little babbling brook, you know, I mean, it's like the best night's sleep that you could get in your life. Mm -hmm. Just like in a tent with a nice comfy mattress pad and this little like Creek flowing and you hear the sound of the water and the sky is just like lit up with stars and, mm -hmm. It's like, man, it's like this communication from nature is literally feeding me and like nourishing my soul. Yep. And in turn, I'm like smiling and I'm like wanting to give back to it. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and we like hike to a waterfall. We're just like, you know, we're standing there just looking at this waterfall. Yep. It's like, why, why are there so many people hiking to a waterfall? It's like, there's something, mm -hmm. it's like a piece of art. It's like nature's yeah. art, 100%. you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, part of me has a hard time believing that we're going to get rid of nature. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I know I know what you're saying, though, because it's very possible that 
things could be so industrialized that it's just like concrete and certainly in places it is but as as we advance and again spend money as a society towards better things people will bring forth the movement of you know save the plants and keep plants integrated in the cities and all that stuff so yeah i don't i i think there's enough people like you and i and and all the people that we know that are trying to do the best they can to preserve that and Mm -hmm. like you know sort of like not on our watch like we're not gonna you know allow that Mm -hmm. to happen i Um, learned something funny just the other day because my friend bought a new house plant um on it on the on the little uh i guess you know uh, leaflet it came with it says that it it dampens sound or like absorbs sound or something and then i instantly started thinking about how i've seen all these like creative studios or music studios with people with a shitload of plants in them and i always just thought it was like hey they like the plants and they like the greenery and it's good vibes but they also are creating a quieter listening environment see there you go like somehow that plant is like absorbing sound like that's insane i saw maybe a meme or it was just like a you know a little factoid post about how when it's why is it quiet out when it snows Mm. and it was uh i wish i could remember this more but it was something about how the sound gets absorbed by the fall of the snow and then the buildup of the snow so it's almost like actually how i have these Mm -hmm. um you know soundproofing things behind me right (laughs) i'm such an idiot what are these what are these called um well they're certainly made of foam (laughs) yeah they're foam the foam things yeah (laughs) i have Uh, some too and i don't know what they're called right now yeah i don't know it's i just know that what they do but that's uh it's interesting to learn that that plant that some plants do that as well Mm -hmm. i mean it makes sense now because it is like you know, when you do go for like a hike or you're out somewhere and you're surrounded by trees and, and water and stuff, it's like, wow, there's like a different energy. There's a different resonance here. There's a different kind of yeah. vibe. Yeah. Like literally there's different vibrations 100%. that occur. 100%. Oh, I could go into this one experience really quick on, uh, yeah. we're talking about powerful yeah. experiences. Go into it. I did LSD in Colorado and I went to the top, not no, not quite the top. Halfway to the top of Pikes Peak, and oh yeah, and there they have a kind of a waterfall situation coming down as a river, and there's little pockets where you can find you know like mini waterfalls. Let's say like a five foot waterfall coming out. Um, well, I was like I was there with some friends. We had all taken some LSD, and as it's like kicking in, we get down to this kind of area near the waterfall and the the water as it's falling is literally creating rhythm and drums and we could literally feel it in the ground like we could feel the bass and it was almost like nature was playing drums because like as the water is hitting below it's like boosh 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 and then you're just hearing like you know and it's like i'm hearing a guy go off on drums it's like the music of nature and and you can mm. even feel it too. Cause you know, you, those vibrations, as you said, are, are very present in those places, but also amplified by LSD. So, um, that was just an insane moment. And it was also freezing cold ice water. And I ended up like putting my hands in it and then putting it over me, like kind of like self baptized real quick. 
and oh my god that was incredible ice cold water especially like from a river so powerful um another part of that journey we thought was pretty funny and i don't know if any other people who have done a psychedelic have done this but we found this rock um just a little rock and we had this funny idea that it was like the usb drive of nature and that we were going to program this rock with our trip so we all like touch the rock like all of us are like touching the rock and like channeling the the trip into it and then we're like someone's gonna find this one day and know you know like what happened here <laughs> it's just you know we were tripping really hard but it was really funny and then we went and put it in a very special place up like high on a on a rock and i remember next time i went there like a year later i went and i looked for it and it wasn't there anymore so i wonder yeah i wonder if somebody was you know just uh, strangely uh, unconsciously drawn to it and picked it up. I have heard people talking about that with crystals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have heard t- people talking about like programming crystals with energy. Sure. I think that's probably so where that's... that idea originated. Cause I was, yeah. And am someone who appreciates crystals. I used to like have them on me at all times. Um, now I just kind of have them more as like ar- around me at home and stuff. But I used to literally carry crystals in my pocket like years ago. Like I'd be like, I need these in my pocket today, you know? Um, yeah. I have jewelry that has crystals. So I kind of, in a way, still carry crystals on me. But um, that's probably where the idea came from. But it was just a rock we found. And we were, yeah, just wanting to like remember this and like put it somewhere. And it was just, it felt like it could receive the information because you're in that like really heightened state where just like, everything's data i don't know it's hard to put into words but yeah (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. and you're and you're looking at it not just as this like you know lifeless static object Mm -hmm. you know right but as like a some kind of um interface of intelligence and that's what it feels like they are it feels to me almost like when you're when you're seeing the the animatedness of the trees and the rocks and stuff you kind of feel like they are animated it's just that we uh also are very perceiving time is very slow but to them time isn't a thing so they are like literally moving like at all times but we just don't yeah kind of see it uh because we're so much more locked into day and night and eight hours of sleep and all that shit that they don't have to deal with any of that you know um but it also gives you the sense that, yeah, like their spirits, like this mountain has a spirit or this tree has a spirit or there's something inside this rock. You know what I mean? And it's, it's like a spiritual essence. And I think that's why people think, you know, after ayahuasca or after psychedelics that the forest has a spirit, you know, and many spirits animism is a thing you know what i mean animism is where mm-hmm. it's been a thing for thousands of years i did not subscribe to animism growing up until after these psychedelic experiences now i'm like oh i see you know yeah man i i and the way that you know kind of going back to your vision of the world as a, as a video game quest i i tend to you know, when talking with people about what's real or whatever, or, you know, science and this and that, it's like, yeah, I don't know. You know, the science is a particular story and it has its truths to Mm -hmm. it, but also has its limitations too. And, uh, you know, maybe there's 
a lot of people that are geared towards understanding the world in that particular way. But I think it's pretty cool mm -hmm. and fun and enjoyable to look at the world in an animistic I way. Too. You know, and what's the harm in, in that, right. you know? For the like, most part, you live the same, you know? I mean, right. you just... Yeah, I mean, either way, you know, if you're a scientist, you're not usually out there doing the measurements and being a scientist. It's just the way that you think things are, you know, but as a spiritualist, if that's what you want to call it, um, or an animist or whatever it would be, you know, you do get that kind of joyous sense of communing with nature. Whereas science, I don't, I don't know how much joy comes from like being in the microscope. This, I'm just a different type of person. Yeah, I'm sure for some people that gives them a, 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 a solid, comfortable feeling of understanding the world yeah, and I'm meaning sure and purpose yeah. and things like that. But to me, I want to know if there's any like indigenous stories or myths, you know, about the father, grandfather rock or the mountain. Like, tell me something. Mm -hmm. You know, like that. I mean, I, 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 I think about some of the um, ceremonies I've had in my lifetime. And um, this one Colombian shaman was just, it was just amazing. He was telling these, these beautiful tales of uh, his people and how they come from the star Sirius. And, you know, they, when they first got here, they explored the different plants and they all made up this thing called the Anaconda canoe. And I mean, it's just a lovely tale mm -hmm. to be, uh, you know, captured by and, 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 and invited more into a world of magic yeah. and wonder and curiosity. Mm -hmm. And, and for me, I, that's something that really excites me. And, you know, I, I, I couldn't help but think that, uh, that that is something that also um, will excite a lot of other people too if they're able to be open to exploring that as uh, in the realm of story and in the realm of, of magic and, you know, with sort of like a, a childlike sense of wonder too, yep. you know? Yeah, yep. that's interesting for sure. Yeah, I think a little bit about what I was meaning earlier is that people will subscribe to science but not necessarily do the experiment they'll just kind of by default uh, like faith yeah it's almost yeah they're like they told me in school that this is the way it is i'm just gonna go with that you know what i mean um yeah so what you're saying is the earth is really flat <laughs> that's i mean honestly i i entertain those topics but i i don't believe that the earth is flat, but it, they, no, they, they no, are very entertaining kidding. to, yeah. I, I listened to those YouTube videos when they come out back in the day and try and understand, but then just be like, no, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, yeah. I, I am like somewhat of a conspiracy theorist. Um, not, I'm not extreme on it, but I do, I do look for interesting angles, you know, to approach what's going on. Um, well, I think as an artist, you just have an open mind, Maybe, right? Like yeah. you're just kind of like, you're because because you can draw inspiration and creativity from everywhere, right? Yeah, really, you can. That's cool. I I do love that about about art. If you portray anything in an artful manner or way, it could be interesting. You know, it could be anything. It could be a a, a flame on a candle. You know, it could be a, a grass piece of grass blowing in the wind. You know, if you kind of frame it right give it context and good quality it's like whoa 
interesting (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah about being like a some like a spiritual explorer type vibe i feel that it um it allows you to if you're the right type of person with the right kind of like set and setting going on it allows you to firsthand explore what is going on like what reality is or could be and that i think is extremely powerful and beneficial to our understanding of who we are and why we're here and what we're you know like what we're to do when you can kind of get a first-hand experience because a lot of times it's people telling you what to do and you trying to decide whether or not you agree but to like formulate for yourself what i see what i feel what i what intuitively comes to me is um it's a deep dive it takes courage and you know uh dedication and seriousness to that practice but i think it's very powerful i think it could really help shape the world in more beautiful ways you know than Mm. than not um maybe considering those angles yeah man yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and one of the thoughts I had this morning when I woke up was just how <laughs> how many people are just like what wherever you're tuning in, whatever you're listening to, whether it's mainstream stuff, whether it's friends on Facebook, whatever, everybody has some source of information that they know is the thing. And uh it's it just um I don't know. I can't help but laugh a little bit at it all and just be like, well, we're in, we're in like a post truth reality, (laughs) you know, like mass fractalization of infinite reality tunnels. I think Eric Davis said this recently on, on a podcast I was listening to. He's like, you know, for really the first time ever, you could walk down the street and you know this person's a flat earther and this person Mm -hmm. believes this thing and this person believes you know this other thing it's like you know just even 30 years ago or so a lot of people sort of agreed on the general consensus to what was going on in reality and now it's in, it's infinite like Mm -hmm. I'll, i'll share with you an example someone got mad at something that i posted and I decided to reply to them in sort of a whimsical trolling kind of way. But, you know, I was like, they were like, you don't really believe that or something. I was like, well, obviously, like the the earth is controlled by Soros robots sent back f- through time through a future port. And then I realized, like, wait, they like that's not even that extreme <laughs> to say something like that. Because yeah. they like replied, and I was like, "Oh man, this is crazy! Wow. Like this is crazy." Yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, I'm gonna keep going with this." I'm like, "You know how how far out can I go?" And then I posted something about how horses are fake, and oh yeah, I'm like you know, like their horses aren't real, like they've been replaced by holographic projection. And I'm it. like, "That's not even like that's not even that crazy." Like you know, there's so yeah, many. Some pe- yeah, that is an interesting. That is an interesting angle of of which to perceive all of the uh yeah the the like truth angles now because people like every every person's instagram feed is like an angle of a whole nother way of perceiving reality and a lot of people are really convicted in the way they perceive it too you know yeah and that's why i just think they're it's they're all just stories man 
you know, like I just think that they're, that's my, my personal belief is the belief in, in nothing and everything at the same time. And uh, cause it's like, you know, what is possible if you get a group of if you get a group of 10 people together and all they're going to do is like meditate every day and focus on you know focus on uh lifting a rock outside with their minds mm-hmm. you know it's like i guarantee you at some point someone's going to like be convinced that that rock moved yeah. you know it moved right. and then like everyone's like yeah it did move we're on to something you know so it's like we we could really start sh- we're literally in the age of like every single person is the entrepreneur of their own reality creation Mm -hmm, field, mm -hmm. you know, and then whoever like gets down with whatever they're getting down with, then it creates like a group and that fucking vibrates into something larger. Yes. Wow. That is too funny. The one that I find resonates the most as the overarching, uh, essence of truth is definitely the Tao Te Ching. Have you read that or heard it? I see it right there. Yeah. And I mostly I've, re- hear it. I've read like four passages. Yeah, I honestly, it just put the audiobook on because it's only, it's a short book. It, um, it takes maybe an hour and a half to listen to it. It's kind of like a podcast. Yeah. Let, me, let me get up real quick. Hold yeah. that thought. All right, sweet. Yeah, because you brought up Lao Tzu a few times, and and now we're talking about this. Yes, there it is. I love it. So to me, it encompasses the idea that we're talking about, that like the thing that is can't be explained, and it's kind of beyond understanding, but it is. And like it kind of really goes into how to be okay with it being the way it is and how to even dance with it, you know, even dance with the way things are and let it be a beautiful movement in daily life. Um, Because alternatively, we're fighting everything. That's not true. That's not true. I don't believe in that. That's not the way I see it. Instead of just saying like, this is the way it is, man, you know, it's, and I feel like psychedelics have really helped drive it home. I don't think I'd be interested in Tao Te Ching without psychedelics because, it's too heady. <laughs> it's very heady. And that's why it's a, you know, like a master text or a spiritual text or, you know, whatever it would be regarded as as such like a, a relic, you know, but, um, it really hits home for me and, and helps, it has been a massive help for me in understanding, uh, you know, the, the many angles of which truth, you know, uh, I think someone, I, I've heard someone else say this, that truth is like a diamond, right? And it's like, it's like, there's so many facets to look at it through, but it's, it's still the diamond. You know what I mean? So credit yeah. to whoever said that. I wish I could say it better, but <laughs> I mean, I think you just said it perfectly. Well, nice. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. Well, yeah, this has been, uh, this is, this has been awesome, dude. It's been 100%. great uh, catching up with you and chatting with you. And, yes. um, yeah, who knows what's going on with uh, with ISO Tank? I guess we're just kind of we're in our own little isolations. But I'd love to see a little like, uh, you know, like a, a reunion or you know, just coming back. I think uh, that would be that would be cool. Maybe we'll I'll get with Jen. I know she's been going through some mm-hmm. stuff, so I'm actually going to talk to her tomorrow. She's coming on. Great, awesome. She's coming on the pod. That's so great. I just talked to her yesterday to actually her. for 45 minutes. Um, 
we didn't actually touch on isolation tank but still things are moving you know but i would mm -hmm. i would love to see an isolation tank reunion that'd be great yeah it'd be cool it'd be fun um awesome man yeah i i guess uh as we sort of like wind this down and wrap up uh, i don't want to just like cut out of here but i, I want to see you know you're you're a very curious person you're you're always like interested in a lot of things we've had some conversations where you're you're uh you know we've gotten in some some cool chats i remember one on the discord a couple times and stuff mm -hmm. so is there anything that's really like bubbling in your brain right now that's or like that's like itching your creative of muse or, or anything that's uh you know strumming the chords of your soul sure sure oh man let's see i'm trying to have a little bit of a better answer because damn yeah dude dance man is something new. It's something new to me. Um, I've never been very in my body. I've never been able to really move things in a flowy way that I have bef uh, than recently. So I think dance is underrated. I know it looks corny. I know it's scary to do in front of people. But man, I mean, I think people should should try it. You know, look up this thing called a static dance. There's like guided dances and stuff you know if that's how how it has to come to you and, and helps you get out of your kind of shell or whatever it is I recommend that um, because for me it has opened up like a whole new dimension of like my body and it even has helped me uh, have less body aches and stuff just feel better like you know just here and there when music is good feeling comfortable enough in my own skin to flow and put my hands up and move and spin and be and vibe. You know what I mean? Cause you know, mm -hmm. as musicians, a lot of people like all we'll do is headbang, you know, in the studio. It's like, yeah, this is hard. Cool. And, and headbanging is fun. You know, it's, it's sick. It's actually a funny thing in and of itself. Like the fact that music can make us move our heads like this, you know, it's, it's pretty funny, but but yeah. dancing, I feel like that's the way it usually starts for yeah. me. Like I'm usually kind of like, all right, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm getting this. And then, and then all of a sudden yep. I'm like, Whoa, Whoa, what's going exactly. on? All right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think that, you know, like dances by a lot of people, I don't know why, but misunderstood because there's so many angles of it. You know, so some of it is, you know, like there's like the whole like Western country dancing, you know, the way they dance. That's not what I'm re necessarily referring to, <laughs> um, but just more like flow dancing, like in your own space, like letting your creativity guide your movements and in a sense, letting the music move you and just see what happens. And to me, I don't know, I always feel better after that. It releases some kind of endorphins in you or, you know, clear some energy from your aura or it does something because you feel good after. So dance has been uh, a big kind of new creative tickling and also musically um, me being more into that wanting to create music that allows for more dance you know like so I am stepping a little more into like you know that that down tempo dance music recently whereas I come you know primarily from like a rock band type vibe so yeah that's what I would say. <laughs> thanks for the, Amazing, thanks for the patience dude. on the answer. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh man, that was beautiful. What a great way to end it. Something fiction, DMT, the spirit molecule. 
uh, Time Wheel. Um, what's the name of your podcast? Zian Archive. X-I-A-N Archive. Zian Archive will be out soon. Where else? Where else should people go and, and follow you? Um, my Instagram is at Zian Archive as well. But yeah, Time Wheel is the big one. That's the one where pretty much all of the creative things that we're up to are, are emerging from. Um, definitely check out our company, Sheath. Um, just oh, yeah, yeah, just Sheath. Google Sheath. My brother built that company. Uh, I'm a creative director for the company, and it's really fun. So, yeah. Yeah. Put your put your dick in balls in a nice little package and get oh, sheathed. Oh, man, it feels amazing. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Well, thanks, Matt. It was, uh, it was awesome. Everybody, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that, and uh, I know you did. So go check out Matt and all this stuff. Until next time. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the show. I love and appreciate all of you. I love and appreciate all of you that support the show. Leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Go to Apple Podcasts. Click five stars. Get us from 288 to 300. We're almost there. If you can help do that, that would be great. And uh, go check out everything that we talked about on the show, Matt Zian, all the stuff. And uh, if you want to support Mike Adelic, go to mikebrank.com. You can join the Patreon, patreon.com slash mikebrank. Become a member of the Mikeadelic Inner Sanctum. Discord, bonus episodes, merch coming, more stuff, stickers experimenting with. And go check out Student Loan Tutor. Tell them Mike Brancatelli sent you studentloantutor.com. They'll help you out with your student loans. They help me tremendously. Zach Geist, a student loan tutor. Uh, go check them out. Get a call. Get a time to talk with them. And check out the links in the show description for uh, the 50% off offer of Charles Eisenstein's course on political hope. Use my links. Sign up for that. Check out the free one. It's all really good. I'm excited. I'm going to participate in it. And Hemp Bombs, 15% off all your CBD. Put in the code Mike15 for 15% off. And that's it. Until next time. Thanks to Danny Barnett and Galaxia for the music. Peace.